you would please turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to have to talk real fast. My throat feels like hamburger. And I've already preached one message this morning. And uh, <clears throat> if I don't get all the way through this one this morning, uh, we'll pick it up next week. <clears throat> Let's uh, ask the Lord to bless us and then we'll read verses 4 through 7. Father, we come before your throne to hear from you. Lord, we have, we have sang praises to you. We have lifted our hearts, our spirit unto you as we prepare to worship in truth. Father, I ask that uh, you teach us. Show us now your word. Father, help us to understand this. Help us to grasp this. Help us to rejoice in this. As Father, as we study these enablings that you have given Father, you are the author and the finisher of our faith, and you will build your church, and the abode of the dead cannot stop it. And so, Father, we gather now for the power, the energy that spoke existence into being, to hear your word, to draw upon the deeper things, and, Father, to bow before the King of kings and Lord of lords. To your praise and glory, in Christ's name, amen. Let's read verse 4 through 7. Now there are varieties of gifts but the same Spirit. There are varieties of ministry and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects and the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. All right, we have started a few weeks ago. Actually, it's been longer than that. So it's been a while. Um, dealing with spiritual gifts. And the reason that we are taking our time with this is that the Apostle Paul says, I do not want you to be unaware. Literally says, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want, you to, I don't want this to surprise you. You need to tap into this. And, and I look at the body of Christ today, the church, and there is a serious bunch of confusion over spiritual gifts. And um, I don't believe it's that confusing. I believe it's actually one of the most simple things. Paul, in the power of God, is not going to tell us, I want you to be unaware of this, but I'm going to make it so confusing you can't handle it. That is not the way God works. And so when I look at this text and I understand this text and we look at a church that was divided, that we look at a church that had, Paul uses the term schisms in it. And when I look at that and I see the body of Christ today in the world, I see schisms, I see disunity, and yet Jesus' prayer in John 17 was that they would be one Father as you and I are one. There is a supernatural enabling that comes to the people, men and women of God, when they understand what God is doing and the power that is given to them. So one of the things that we've learned over the past is that gifts will always unify, period, period. It's a supernatural power source that comes from God for unifying the saints. Okay, now I shared this last week, and I'm just going to keep building on everything keeps building. All right, and I'll jump back in to Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 6. But right now, I want you to think about this for a second. When we come as children of God, there should be an overwhelming desire for the Word of God. Okay, listen, if you've got to tell somebody that they need to be in the Bible... Something's wrong. It's that simple. I mean, I'm not trying to, to be a, an old poot here, but what I'm trying to say is when you come to understand who just redeemed you, you should be overwhelmed to figure out what he's about. So there will be in a child of God a hunger for the word. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And I, I see people, well, I just don't have time. Fine. Fine. Because see, what I've learned is, and what you've seen, and what the Bible teaches is, that if I draw upon the Word of God, I'll be forced to my knees. We call that prayer. Okay? I, you know, and I've, I've heard it said, you know, prayer drive you to the Word, Word to drive you to prayer. Absolutely. I agree. 100%. But I see people who do nothing but prayer, pray. I'm just praying. I'm praying. You know, I pray when I drive to work. I pray when I do this. I pray to do that. And you'll hear their prayers, and you hear them praying for things that they already have. Okay? You will. Here's the easiest one. I'll give you this as an illustration. I want peace. 
Well, he said he already gave it to you. If you read your Bible, you say, well, you know what? I've already got peace. I don't need to pray for peace. I have peace with God. I have peace of God. I have them both. It's already there. Past tense. But a person who doesn't spend time in the Word will be looking for peace because they didn't understand that the Word of God says that you already got it. It's been manifest in you. It's the character of the Holy Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, hmm, peace. Okay? Um, how many of you struggle with self-control? Just when I'm driving, right? <laughs> when I'm driving down the road, I struggle with self-control. Okay? That's why everybody wants smaller cars. I want a bigger one. Okay? I like to have like a tank. I think that'd be hilarious. I said, I'm parking there and you can't stop me. Okay? But anyway, one of the fruit of the spirits is what? Self-control. Well, I don't have time to read the Bible. Well, you're not understanding that the Bible says you have time. You have self-control. So you see that all the time. Now, once I have prayer and the word, those, I don't know how, that's like uh, two sides of the same coin. Okay? You just sit there and go, wow, that's really cool. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read. I'm going to read. I'm going to pray. I'm going to back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And it just gets, it's just really cool stuff. I mean, God just keeps revealing and revealing and revealing. Then all of a sudden, you know what she dawns on you? I need the fellowship of the saints. Oh, isn't that a bummer? Okay? I want to be in church. I want to be with the saints. Why? What's the alternative? Lost people? I can go out there and hang out with Satan's people. Brilliant idea. And once you get those two going, what happens? You will all of a sudden, you've got prayer going, you've got the word going, you've got the fellowship of the saints going. Guess what happens to you? You all of a sudden start serving the saints. And it isn't because all of a sudden you just woke up one morning and said, hey, I think I'm going to serve today. It becomes part of your nature. It's part of who you are. And that is one of those overwhelming powerings that you see that we call ministry. Okay, I see the church as buying ministers. Okay, but the church is ministers. Every single child of God has been given a supernatural enabling to do this, to serve. And it will not be a talent. I really need to keep emphasizing that. It is not a talent. It is supernatural capability that you can't take credit for. Okay. Because that's what God does. I used the illustration last Sunday's. It's like um, a family. It's like a family. If, if you watch and, and if you have kids and, and things like that now, you'll see a reflection of the parents and the children. Um, I mean, I've even seen it in step homes where all of a sudden you, you hear phrases out of the children that are said by the parents. Right? And they start reflecting each other. Their emotional stability or instability is reflective in the parents. You start seeing everything that is manifested in the family unit is manifested through the children. That's where the body of Christ is. Paul already in chapter 2 says you need to be of one, one mind, one thinking process, one judgment. You guys are all saying the same thing. Why? Because now you're unified. But you only do that because you've been in the Word, you've been on your knees, you've been in the fellowship, and all of a sudden you are serving the saints. And you realize you're serving the saints in something that isn't your resources. And all of a sudden things start happening. And you just start saying, how did this happen? And that's what I want to deal with. Okay? Remember, last week I shared with you Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing out of vain conceit or selfish ambition, but in all humility consider others more important than yourself. I dealt with that. Listen, that's not humanly possible. It is impossible to consider others more important than yourself. Hey, listen, if you're married, how easy is it to consider your wife more important than yourself? Now, now I'm not wait. There's a lot of times that it's easy, Right? When you're negotiating. Right? You know, I like to watch the Super Bowl. What do you mean the grass needs cut? It's dead. It's winter. I ain't cutting it. Shovel the sidewalk. Do something. Paint the bathroom. All right, I'll do that. And then you can watch the Super Bowl when you're in negotiations. Right? 
And it's easy at certain times to say, woman, you're the most important thing in the world. With your fingers crossed behind your back because something's up. I need to go elk hunting. You know, I, I see this motorcycle that has my name on it. Okay. Would you like me to buy you something? And six pack of Pepsi. Okay. How easy is it to say, I will consider you more important than myself? Okay, now take it to what we're looking at. How easy is it to just look around and say, all of these people are more important than me? Try it. Try it. It's tough. And yet God says, I will give power and you will do that. But you better be in the word. You better be on your knees. You better be in church. Well, you're saying you have to be in church. Listen, what's the alternative? What is the alternative? That's what drives me nuts. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you need to be there when the doors are open. But you know what? How many forsake the assembly together? What's the habit is how many? Some. And he wrote that to the letter of Hebrews. How has it changed today? It hasn't. Why? Well, you know, I'm busy. You know what? I am glad when Jesus was hanging out in heaven, when the Lord said, I want you to go down. God the Father says, I want you to go down and redeem them people. Jesus didn't look at him and said, you know what? I'm busy. Go to Romans now. How does he do this? This is really cool. Romans chapter 12, verse 4. That's where I'll start. Okay. Paul is coming out of worship. Interesting concept, isn't it? This is your act of spiritual worship. What? Living sacrifice, holy and pure. This is your act of worship. Interesting concept. When today you look at what we classify as worship, the Apostle Paul lays it out really clear. All right? Then... He starts saying, just as we are, verse 4, just as we are many members of one body, and all the members do not have the same function. Absolutely. Uh, I went in this week and had an ultrasound, and the guy was, I don't know, they would look at this screen and say, well, that's this, 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 and this. I'm sitting there going, right. (laughs) You're one of them guys who can look at clouds and see like Mickey Mouse. All right, because when I look at an ultrasound, I'm sitting there going, that ain't even a good video game. Okay, so, I mean, your, uh, your graphics are awful. But anyway, I, so I go in and the guy says, see there, look, there's a kidney. I was like, oh, okay. And he comes over and says, look, there's another kidney. And I go, I got two? And he says, here's your spleen and here's your, and I'm sitting there having, you know, and then here's your gallbladder and all the rest of it. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> right, okay, thanks for the info. Okay, Paul uses that kind of phrasing to say, you know what? The body of Christ, the church, is what? Many things. Now listen. Paul uses the illustration. He says, you know, when the foot wants to be an eye, and it can't be. All right. There are things that you can live without, right? You can take your guy's arm off, and he can be fine. You can take two arms off, and they can still function, can't they? You can take their eyes, their ears. You can take their tongue, your legs. And it can still function. You know what? You can't get rid of liver and have them function. It's impossible. Okay? You can lose 50% of your kidneys. That'd be the other one. And still live. You cannot live with both kidneys gone. How many in the body of Christ today want to be the seen part? But here's what he says. There are many members in the body and all members do not have the same function. Correct? All right. I mean, then he goes on. So we who are many are one body in Christ. Okay. So the unifying factor, the power source of unity is where? Christ. How do I understand what Christ is doing? Oh, that'd be that Bible thing. Did you understand that God didn't say only those who go to seminary can understand my word? He didn't make it complicated. We accomplished that. And we are no different than the Jews at the time of Christ. 
They were experts in the law, but they had no clue what the law said. And when the law was incarnate before them, they had no idea who he was. So how much Bible study were they doing? They were doing a lot. So what happens to us? Well, you have to have the prayer, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Guess what? Then you have to have the fellowship of the saints. And then once you have those two immersed and you become stable in those things, you know what happens? You start working in a supernatural power source. Supernatural power source. And he says, we are one in Christ and individually members one of another. I like that phrasing. That's New American Standard Translation. He says, we are members of who? Who? Don't you hate that thought? Do you know that I can't do my job without you? You know you can't do your job without me? What a drag, huh? But you can't separate it. We, we try to separate it. Verse <coughs> 6. Since we have... Okay, here's what he starts dealing with. Since we have what? Gifts. You know what that word is? Charismata. It's where we get charismatic from. Charismata. Okay, you know what it means? Gracious gift. You know what a grace gift is, right? It's an unmerited gift. Since we all have a unmerited gift. Okay, now listen, you've got to get a hold of this. He's talking about if you're saved, you have a grace gift. It's already there. It's already there. Look what he says. All right? Since we have gifts that differ according to what? According to the grace given to us. Okay? Each of us, according to the grace that is given to us, has a supernatural enabling. And what is it based on? No, not God's grace. God's grace is there. He told Timothy in suffering, he says, stand in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And it is empowered through what? Faith. Where did the faith come from? It's part of the charismata. The grace gift is faith. The faith that energizes the power that God has already given to you. And to each one, he has measured it out to exactly what the Holy Spirit wants done. That's a mind-boggling thought. Listen, whatever your gift is, God has given you the faith and the gift to accomplish exactly what he wants done. He will not give you more than you can handle. He will give you a power source to handle the exact event or things that he has planned for you. I like that. I think that's cool. Why? I don't have to worry about stepping into deep water. There's a different manifestation of divine power, the effects. Our responsibility, yours and mine, is the three-legged stool. The word, prayer, church. Once I have those three, then what happens? What will happen to your faith? It'll grow. You know what happens when your faith grows? The effect of your gift will be manifest. Christ will be manifest in you. God gives you a gift and he measures it out to the exact amount of faith to make it operate. I like that. Let me, you know, some of you got that calf at the new gate look on your face. Let me see if I can make it personal, all right? What happens if God gives me the capacity to teach and to preach to you and to lead you? Okay, he gives me that capacity, but he does not give me the faith to believe that it is possible. What happens? You can't do it. You can't do it. Okay? Consider others more important than yourself. Well, I can't do that. You're right. And to the degree of your faith, 
is where you'll stand. Okay, you know what faith is, right? You've got to understand faith. Faith isn't this, I believe and just follow me. Okay, that ain't faith. That ain't even what the word means. The word means that I have received this information. Mm, interesting concept, isn't it? In light of this information, I've completely changed direction and I completely laid my life on that foundation. Okay? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is not a blind faith. It is if you don't read the Bible, if you're not on your knees, you're not in the body of Christ. It's a blind faith, completely blind faith. All right, you're just cruising. I mean, I don't know where you're going to end up, but we'll know when you bump into something. Okay? Listen, think about it for a second. Forty days after Pentecost, okay, or after the Passover, Christ ascended, all right, and gave the Holy Spirit to Peter. Now, remember, Peter, we love Peter, don't we? Okay? Because we all sort of relate to Peter. All right? And he had denied Christ three times. It would be reestablished on the Sea of Galilee. And we all think, well, that's cool. All right? Do you know what he did when the Holy Spirit came upon him? He went into the Sanhedrin, who had been meeting in the temple area. And you know what he did? He preached the first sermon. And I love one of the phrases in his sermon. You men who murdered Messiah. Well, that ought to just thrill everybody, huh? What was the degree of Peter's faith? Based on what God wanted to get accomplished. And he was going to need a whole trainload of faith to deal with the Jews, wasn't he? He was going to need faith upon faith upon faith upon faith. And yet his faith in the power of what God had graced him with was able to walk into the temple to the very people who had killed Messiah and he could preach, you murders of Messiah. And you know what the response was? 3,000 people got saved instantaneously. How's your faith? How's your faith? That's mind-boggling to me. 3,000 people. And it wasn't a really fun message. You guys are a bunch of murderers. Hmm. What must we do to be saved was their response. Okay. And then I thought, you ever thought about that? That's cool. All right. It takes a certain amount of Holy Spirit energizing to put someone in that situation. Do you understand that? God doesn't put you into something that you don't believe you can do. Okay? People have asked me, they said, uh, when they find out that I've been to Russia and I've preached in Israel and I've preached in England and stuff like that, they said, well, first question comes out of their mouth. What seminary did you go to? And I said, I didn't. They said, well, what Bible college did you go to? And I said, I didn't. How did that happen? How do you do that if you're not Educated? Because of the grace of God equipping me for what He wants done, He has given me the faith to get it accomplished. Okay? Whatever you're doing in the body of Christ right now is based on your faith that you stand in right now. Okay, listen, if you're not in the word, you're not on your knees and you're not in the body of believers. Guess what? How strong is your faith? It's real easy. When you get ready to have a test on whether you have cancer or something, your faith just shouts out real loud. Uh oh. Or if you've got some crisis that hits you right, my job or whatever it is, it hits you right between the lights. Guess what? Your faith shouts out real loud. What do you put your Trust in. Okay? Listen, mine is simple, brothers and sisters. First verse I ever memorized in my entire life. Okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. Okay? He doesn't show you the path. I'd give anything. Well, maybe not. All right. We would like to say, can I see the path? No, take the step. Why? Because if you take the step, whose understanding are you leaning on? His. 
And He will give you the grace to accomplish that. And in that, you will see your faith explode. And once your faith explodes, guess what? You will start doing things that you are not capable of doing. And God will say, absolutely perfect. I got you right where I want. You know what? If you're a good teacher, then perhaps you're not a teacher for Christ. You may be a good teacher. But you may not be a teacher of Christ. You may be an administrator. Let's say, uh, you know what he's got me doing right now? (laughs) I have to administrate stuff. Let me tell you something. I get no glory from that. I get no glory from that. I, just this week, I was working on some stuff on my desk, and all of a sudden it dawned on me there was wood underneath there. I wondered how all this stuff was floating above me, and uh, there's a desk. Daggone, where did that come from? How long has that been there? Why? Here's my organizational school skills. If you keep sliding it under there long enough, it'll become irrelevant. And then you can just take all of it, slide it in the trash can, and say, let's start again. Okay? You know what God's got me doing? administrating. I mean, I'm dealing with some people in, in Chicago for this trip to Russia and all this other stuff. And I sit down there and kind of snicker at it. And I'm sitting there going, God, you're going to have to really make my faith grow because I don't know how to pull this off. And he says, no worries. Got you covered. All right. So he gives us a faith to believe that we can can accomplish what he has us doing. At this moment, I want you doing this. Okay, I'm on it. Okay, and I will accomplish it through you. Listen, if you try to do it any other way, all you're going to do is frustrate the people and yourself. I'm sorry. He says, you know what, my way or forget it. I see people who believe that they are gifted in certain areas. Now, if you don't think that I'm kidding about this, how many of you, when you start looking at spiritual gifts, immediately go to the gift to find out which one you got? Right? I need to find the gift I got. You know, is it prophecy? Is it helps? Is it giving? Is it mercy? Is it exhortation? Is it discernment? Is it the word of wisdom? Is it the word of knowledge? I just got to figure this out. You know what you missed? You're not in the word of God. You're not on your knees. You ain't in the fellowship of the saints. You don't ever have to worry about serving. And you can't do two out of three. Well, you know, I pray and read my Bible, so I'm ready. No. You do it His way, and He will minister through you. Why? Where does the grace come from? God, where is He manifested? The body of Christ. How does you learn that? By the Word. And how do I tap into it? Through communion with the saints. And communion with Him. That would be prayer. When God gives spiritual capacity, he measures it out exactly as he needs it. I like that idea. It is according to the proportion of his faith. God gives the faith because God gave the grace because God gave the gift. All right? Now then we'll go back to Colossians. Or no, Corinthians. Let's pick a book. Any book. All right? In chapter 12, verses 4, 5, and 6... You see five words in there that are telling us five different things. Okay? Verse 4 says there are a variety of gifts. Verse 5 says there are varieties of ministries. And verse 6 says there are varieties of effects. Or uh, literally should be powers, energies. Okay? Um, there are five different things. They, remember what he's saying here. There's diversities, there are varieties. All right. <clears throat> but he's all still talking about the same context, isn't he? Is he saying there's five different ministries, but there's also five different gifts? What is there? I don't understand this. Is there gifts and then there's ministries? When you look at your spiritual capacity, you have to remember it is charisma, charismata. It is a gift from God. You didn't deserve it. And it manifests itself as gifts, ministries, and effects or power. Okay? And he's still talking about the same thing. Charismata. It is undeserved what? Gift. Do you understand that? Let me see if I can be as practical as I can. If you have a spouse today... Do you understand what that spouse is? 
It is a charismata. Already. It is an undeserved gift. Well, but my spouse isn't saved. You know what? It is still charismata. It is an undeserved gift. You have kids? Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> you ain't telling me that that's charismata. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, it is. I watch people say, well, you know, I need to be in a discipleship program. I need to be teaching a Sunday school thing. And I need to be doing this. And I need to be doing that. And I look at their kids and their kids haven't got a clue. Why would the Lord God give you more when you won't even take care of your kids? How can your kids learn to be in the word if they don't see it in you? How can your kids learn to pray if they don't see it in you? How can your kids love the body of Christ if they don't see it in you? How can you minister in the power of God if your kids don't see it in you? That is still charismata. You know what else is a charismata? You got a job? That is a gracious gift from God. Did you understand that work is a sacrament? Work is like baptism. Work is like um, Lord's table. Well, you don't understand my job. Let me tell you something. When God revealed himself the first time, what was he doing? He was working. And I was created after the image of God. Then get a job. Why? If you were created in the image of God, guess what you should be doing? And you know what is bizarre about that? You should be thankful and rejoicing that you're working. Oh, well, now we're pushing it. Right? It is charismata. And there are varieties. When I see the word charismata, gifts, I look at that sucker and it is so massive in its understanding. How did you get saved? A gracious gift. That's charismata. It doesn't, you, we, I don't know what my gift is. Is it tongues, interpreting, wisdom? No. Dude, if you can't understand and you can't appreciate what he's already given to you, then you know what? You've missed the body of Christ. You've missed the prayer. You've missed the word of God. And guess what? You are absolutely useless. Love you. But all you're doing is taking up space. It's a gift from God. You didn't deserve it. If it's a supernatural enabling for the service of the saints, guess what? You didn't deserve it. You know, I'm here where I'm at because of my degree. And Okay? When I hear that, I understand you're somewhere you shouldn't be and everybody else is paying for it. Why? Because if it is generated in your energy, all you're doing is tormenting the souls of king, king of kings, lord of lords. That's all you're doing. You have a gift. It's purely by grace. 17 times charisma is used in the New Testament. 11 refers to spiritual gifts. The other six deal with salvation. You cannot separate spiritual gifts from salvation. The same power that saved you is the same power that empowers you. All right? And it's energy, energy source for, a, 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 a whole, for, for a spiritual gift is the Holy Spirit. We've already seen that in verse 1. It is by grace. And it's purely, purely God's sovereign grace. Purely. You know what is amazing about a spiritual gifts that I see today? When I think about a spiritual gift, that it's, it's, a, it's a gracious gift that has been given purely by God's sovereignty. How's come there isn't more of a sense of responsibility for that gift? Okay? If, if you've ever had kids, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, Christmas or birthdays or something like that. Uh, you bust your butt, uh, work some overtime or something like that to, to buy a gift for your kid. And, and you think, man, this is going to be really cool. My kid's going to enjoy this. This is going to be really great. And you give them the gift, and they just freak out. Here it is. They take all the paper off of it, and they open it up, and they go, huh, and they just toss it. Right? As a parent, what do you feel like doing? Oh, never mind. Don't answer that. <laughs> I, I was thinking that's spiritual. What do you think about that? Does it hurt you? Does it make you want to just go out and slap the advertisers? No, it makes you want to slap the child. How many people in this room today are doing the same thing with an enabling gift that God has given them? 
They take no responsibility for it. Okay, let me show you a text. Move over just a chapter, or yeah, a couple chapters. Chapter 15, verse 10. Verse 10, this is the Apostle Paul. All right, here's what he says. But by what? By the grace of God, what happens? Ooh. Do you understand what he just said there? You are who you are, where you are, with what you have, and who you are involved in, and relationships you are. Why? By the charismata of God. By the grace of God, you are in the profession you're in. By the grace of God, you have the children you're in, the job that you have, the position you have. You know it is by the grace of God that you exist this day? Apostle Paul says, by the grace of God. You read that thing on, it'll freak you out. And his grace toward me did not prove in vain, but what? You know what the word labored means, right? I'd be working up a sweat. I was working up a sweat. Okay, what's he talking about? His ministry where? To the church. I labored. I worked up a sweat in the church. Even more than all of them. Yet not I, but what? The grace of God. The fact that I'm having to work at a sweat at this, that I am striving to do this, is even that is the... Grace of God. Why? Remember what I showed you in Romans 12. There is a gift, charismata, that is by the grace of God, that is energized by the faith of God, given to you for the purpose of God. Do you see a theme? Yeah, you will. It was his choice. Okay, now back up. I'll go back to chapter 12 again. I'll show you something here. This is one of the greatest mysteries of my life, besides my salvation. To this day, I still have no clue why he saved me. I, it's, he said, I want to save you, and I have no idea. But you know what amazes me more than that? Is what God is doing now in my ministry. That amazes me more. Than my salvation. I mean, I, my salvation. I've studied the Bible enough to say, oh, okay, that's one of them sovereign things, and he, he just did it. All right? But then I look at what he is doing, and I'm sitting there, I don't get it. But he says, you know what? It is exactly to the amount of grace that I've given to you. But if you look at it, Terry, I did the same to you as I did through Abraham. I grew your Faith. Abraham was called the father of faith. You know that? He wasn't. He wasn't. God said, leave everything and go. And I'll tell you where you're going. Did he do that? No. He took everything he had with him. Well, gee whiz. Give me a caravan full of gold bullion on camels. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Okay. Yeah, I can handle it. I don't have no heirs. Ah, it's all right. I'll take Lot with me. That's not faith. But if you look at Abraham's life, what did God do? Grew his faith. Grew his faith. Now, I want you to look at this. Verse 5. There are varieties of ministries. Some of your translations may say administrations. Okay. This word here is dakinon. Dakinon. Well, what does that mean? It's the same phrase that we use for deacons. You know what a deacon is, right? Table waiter. Table waiter. I mean, that's what they were doing. They were waiting tables for the Hellenistic and uh, the Jewish complaining women. I don't know what that means. Okay? There is different grace gifts. There is different energizing abilities. And you know what? There is different service. Okay, so when you read this and you say there are varieties of gifts, there are varieties of ministry, there are varieties of effect. I can understand that the power, the gift, and the service 
is all the same thing. It's all the same thing. It's just a different way of looking at it. Here's one of the things that is mind-boggling that you see today in the body of Christ. What is the gift for? Do you know what? Every one of you this day who is saved has a gift, a supernatural enabling. It is a power source that only spoke existence into being, and that is solely for me. Your gift is for me. I like that. My gift is for For you. The supernatural enabling that I have is for you. Now you can look around. Guess what? Your gift is for him and her and her and him. Do you see how it works? Why? Think about it. He uses it in the terms of the body. Okay, do you know what the liver does? It's a filter. It filters your blood. It's kind of a cool thing. I didn't know my blood was dirty. But, you know, I've past my 3,000 mile checkup. But anyway, do you know that if you don't clean the blood, you know what happens? Body dies. You got that? But you don't see any great celebration for the liver, do you? No. But I tell you what, if he ain't working, everybody else knows it. Everybody else knows it. How many of us today are serving the saints of God in the power of the living King and were poured out on as a drink offering, the Apostle Paul said? There's a different service for every spiritual gift. Listen, he's not adding. a different concept to spiritual gifts here. He's just a different way of saying the same thing. That's what he's saying. You have chrismatos. You have this grace gift that has the energy source of the Holy Spirit to serve. Whether it is administrations, whether it is help, whether it's speaking, whether it's serving, whether it's giving, whatever it is, you know what it's for? Everybody else. It's just a way of telling me what the purpose of my gift is. What are my gifts for? For you. You know what your gifts are for? Listen, we all want to be Christ's disciples. That should be our goal. If it isn't, then just get saved. Christ's disciple was this. Okay? I have not come to be served, but to serve look at the church today and tell me how well that looks okay no 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 wait I want you to look in here today and tell me how that looks how many in this room today are putting the concerns and the cares of the body of Christ foremost in their lives Or how many of us in here today are concerned about, I wonder what my gift is. Is it a speaking gift or a serving gift? Is it administration? Is it help? Is it shoveling snow? Is it what? Spiritual gift is to serve. Chapter 4, verse, uh, where am I at? 7. But to each one of us, grace is given according to the measure of Christ's gift. All right? Grace is given how? According to the measure of Christ's gift. What was the measure of Christ's gift? You can't measure it. Think about it. Can you? What did he give you that has a limit on it? Ain't one. Is there? What is it? What was the limit of his mercy? His love? None. None. Okay. And he has given what? Grace based on that standard. On that limit. Then he says this. He gave some as apostles and prophets, some as evangelists and some as pastor teachers. For what? Equipping the saints for the work of 
service. By the measure of Christ's grace, he says, I have given gifts. All right? Listen, gifts is not special privileges. Okay? It isn't, well, he's got a speaking gift or she's got a speaking gift and gosh, I wish I could hang around them more. Nope. My spiritual gift is not for my edification. Your spiritual gift is not for your edification. Your spiritual gift is not to strengthen you. My spiritual gift is not to strengthen me. Your spiritual gift is to strengthen those that you consider more important than yourself. Okay? Your gift is for me. My gift is for you. Okay? So you see, very easy. I warned you early when we stepped in here. Spiritual gifts can be corrupted. First, they can be corrupted by our flesh or they can be corrupted by the demons. Okay? They can always be corrupted. Look around. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, how many in the body of Christ today are into what I call self-edification? Okay? You don't think so? Why do we have Christian bookstores? Huh? Why do we have Christian books? I wasn't anything against Christian books. Okay? But what's going on with those? I mean, I get something every week that tells me how to grow the church. I thought Jesus was going to do that. All right, but if you do this and this and this and this, who gets the aggrandizement out of that? Who gets the credit for that? Hmm? See, self-edification is the simplest and the easiest thing to spot in all of life. It's easy. Um, oh, man, there's so many illustrations. That's what's hard. It's everywhere. What is convenient to you? Okay, if it's convenient to you, it's not a spiritual gift. If it's inconvenient, guess what? It's God working through you. Okay, you see the difference? How many people are more, I, as long as I'm here and I'm comfortable within my little place, then I'm fine, right? You know, I got to worry about my vacation. I got to worry about my 401k. I got to worry about, you know, whether I get a raise or not and things like that. And don't worry, I'll give some money to church. That's exactly where you'll sit. You'll gain no more. Okay? And yet I see it all over the place. I see people who will not make a sacrifice even of time for another saint in God. Well, but I... You know what? Be real careful. Be real careful. Because if it's a supernatural enabling, then where does the energy come from? then you will be sensitive to it. Well, nobody told me. Oh, that shouts volumes, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit in you forgot? That's scary stuff. I, it's, you know, I heard it described one time, it's almost like confession. Chapter 4, 1 Peter says this, verse 10. As each one has received a gift. Oh, there it is. Krasmata. A gracious gift. Okay. Now, New American Standard translates this. Employ it serving one another. Okay. The word employ there means bow down to one another. Wow, what? <laughs> And you're getting, I ain't doing that. That's what it says. Bow down to these people. And what? Because you have received a gift of grace. Serve one another. Okay? As a good steward of the manifold grace of God. Right? Whoever speaks... As one speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do as one serving by the strength which God supplies. So that all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus. To whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay. If you're do call, using your talents and calling it a grace gift. Who gets the glory? See, the, see how God did it? 
The gifts are for others, plural. Listen, if you hide out because it's inconvenient, it's cold, it's, it's wet, it's sunny, it's snowing, it's whatever, you know what you're doing? You're telling God, I don't want to be a good steward of the gift you've given me. That's what you're saying. Gifts, supernatural enablings. Go back to your text now. These gifts are varieties. They're distinctions. They're different. Everyone is different. You know what? You can take somebody who has the same gift that I have, and they'll be different than I am. Their ministry will be different than I am. You know what ministry is, right? Their service will be different than mine. So when I look at this, I say there are varieties of gifts, but he's still the same spirit. There are varieties of services, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of effect, but the same God who works all things in all people. But we do have a responsibility. You don't get off the hook. Well, God's sovereign. I'm sitting here contemplating my spiritual navel until Jesus pokes me. No. If I'm not in the word, if I'm not on my knees, if I'm not in the fellowship of the saints, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. Okay, you may have a talent, and you can use your talent, but you know what? Paul has already dealt with this in this letter. What are you building with? What are you building with? You're about the kingdom work. What are you building with? Wood, hay, stubble? You know what's cool about that? You can build something. But when fire comes upon it, what happens to it? It burns. But if you're building with gold, silver, or precious stone, what happens to it when the fire comes on it? Purifies it. And you know what will happen in all three cases? They will shine brighter. Why? Who gets the glory? We've been baptized into Christ, remember? Romans 6. We've been baptized to walk in the newness of life. And we like that, don't we? I'm walking in the newness of life for the glory of the Father. We always forget the little phrase at the end of that verse. It is for the glory of the Father. I, like, I see people who say, I'm walking in the newness of life. Please get out of my way. That ain't for the glory of the Father. You know, I have the spiritual gift of cooking. Really. I have the spiritual gift of eating. And I praise you guys with the gift of cooking. Okay, but let me tell you something. McDonald's has the spiritual gift of cooking too. And they got some seriously good french fries. That if you eat enough of them, they'll kill you. And you can look at Jesus Christ and say, <laughs> I gave thanks. Your gift, your spiritual empower, empowering are not for you. Many believe and act that they are. When we begin functioning in the capacity in the power that God has gifted us for. You know what happens? There's an amazing flow of divine energy through the body of Christ. And the group of people who call themselves that church manifest incarnate the Lord Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. I'm going to ask you all a simple question this night. Okay, every single one of you. Whose energy force are you working in? Can we collectively come together in the same energy force that spoke creation into being and say the manifestation that you see now is Christ and Christ alone? Or do you strengthen yourself? The gift that I have is for me. Oh, it's for my wife. It's for my kids. No, it ain't. No, it ain't. It's for the body of Christ. And when I think about the supreme force, the supreme energy, the sovereign energy of the Lord Jesus Christ through His people, collectively, in the body of Christ, that overwhelms me. That overwhelms me. The places that I have had the privilege to go and to speak, they all have the same thing in common. Same thing in common. The Word of God. The Word of God. 
I'm going to close with this thought. I, I talked to Valeria. There's been, well, when I was over last year, Valeria's the pastor of Orel, uh, the church in Orel. And, and we were talking. And his, his English is about as good as my Russian. Actually, his English is probably better than my English. But anyway, we were talking. And I was getting ready to leave. We had been there and I was teaching on a personal Holy Spirit. I was done and was getting ready. We were just kind of hanging out together. I said, Valeri, how can I pray for you guys here? I mean, specifically. I want to lift you up in prayer. And I want to be petitioning the saints. And God has crossed our lives. How can I pray for you? And he kind of held his head down like that. And Valeri has this big grin on his face. I mean, every time you see him, he's just got this, I mean, it's like a Cheshire cat. And Alice in Wonderland, he just, I, mean, well, I can't do it. He's got like extra teeth. It's like, you can't, you're just, you can't smile that big. Okay. All of a sudden, the first time I saw that smile disappear. And he, and he says, brother, I need you to pray. He says, on Wednesday night, you know, we come together and we practice the choir practices for Sunday's worship. And he says, and we have a time of prayer. And I said, well, okay. And he says, uh, we have 223 members in this church. And he says, when we gather to pray, only 175 will stay and pray. I wanted to smack him. You just caused your brother to covet. Now you think about that for a second. So many of you in this room have been traumatized by your first public prayer. Remember that? Scarred and had to seek counseling. Oh, he asked me to pray and I just jabbed over it and God help us. Okay? Right? I remember to this day I carry a burden. Tom Senko, will you pray? Huh? Okay. And the guy came up and said, that was eloquent. Huh? Okay. And I still, see, I break out into a sweat just thinking about it. Why are you that way? Why would you be afraid to speak openly in front of me what you would say before the eternal God of creation? I can tell you why. I can tell you, it's a piece of cake. You're worried about your edification. You're worried about your edification. Or if I say something stupid, I guarantee you will. I guarantee you will. I remember up here preaching my soul out and said, you know what? It's time for us to pursue immorality. (laughs) And I meant immortality. Okay? You know, we need to be passionate about immorality. And everybody goes, oh my God, he said that. That's why we... I have an editor in the back. Take that out, will you? Do you see, see what I'm trying to get at? Your gift, your gift is to strengthen me. I'll make it personal. Your gift is to strengthen me. That's your question. How are you doing? How are you doing at strengthening me and the supernatural enabling that God has given you? That's simple. That's what the Apostle Paul is getting here. You need to understand, there are a variety of ministries. Service. But I've got news for you, dude. It is a service. Okay? It is a service. Your gift is for me. How are you doing? Let's pray. Father, I give you the praise for your word, for the empowerment that you've given each and every one of us. Father, when I think about this, it just overwhelms me, and I feel so inadequate even trying to share it. Father, it is miraculous. I hear people seeking miracles, and yet I think about what you've already done and what you're doing. That is miraculous. Your grace, Lord, is so amazing. Father, help us. Help us to bow before you. Help us to understand that what you've given us is for others. And Father, help us, as Paul told Timothy, to be poured out as drink offerings. Just pour us out, Lord. Pour it out. There's nothing left when we're done. 
Father, allow it be the passion of our soul to build with precious stone, gold, and silver. Father, let it be in your power, not our talents, not our abilities. Father, let us step into that place that we have absolutely no ability. Father, we can watch what you do. Father, overwhelm us. Overwhelm us. To your glory and praise. Amen.